Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. I'm Frank Sherwin, and today we'll be talking about the myth of human evolution. Have you ever wondered if your appendix, wisdom teeth, and tonsils were useless structures due to the evolution of man through millions of years? Does the fossil record support human evolution, or does it support the creation of man in the beginning? Join us on today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation to see how science and the Bible agree. The theory of evolution states we evolved from ape-like ancestors millions of years ago. But is our origin really to be found in lower life forms? In the year 1859, the Western world was turned upside down by the publication of Darwin's infamous Origin of the Species. But one thing Mr. Darwin never talked about was the origin of the species. That hasn't changed at all when it comes to the alleged evolutionary origin of people. Evolutionist Kate Wong said in 2012, quote, But with so little evidence to go on, the origin of our own genus has remained as mysterious as ever, end quote. In 2011, Bernard Wood said in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, The origin of our own genus remains frustratingly unclear. And Daniel Lieberman of Harvard University said, the origins of the genus Homo, that is, people, remain as murky as ever, end quote. Christians should know that evolutionists get their evidence or support from just two sources. One, mutation rates of particular people groups in certain parts of the world that's occurring right now. And two, some fossil bones with no dates on them. The rest of human evolution is storytelling. Take this quote as an example from English atheist Richard Dawkins in his book, The Blind Watchmaker, quote, It is theoretically conceivable that the first Homo sapiens was a freak child, probably an ostracized and persecuted one, of two normal Australopithecus parents, end quote. Well, it's been shown that Australopithecus, or the famous Lucy, was an extinct ape, nothing more. Well, most of us have heard about mutations. Most evolutionary literature state that a mutation is DNA in the form of a gene or chromosome that has undergone a structural change. Well, that's true, but it's the sort of change one would expect as they watched a bull in a china shop. The human population is experiencing a mutational load or genetic burden, which is the reduction or dragging down in population fitness due to the accumulation of deleterious or corrupt or bad mutations. There's simply not enough good or beneficial mutations, if such a thing exists, to overcome the flood of bad ones and other mutations which are suitable mistakes that accumulate, like typographic errors, 
to cause a genetic decline of the human population. It's a myth or urban legend that over 98% of our DNA is the same as a chimpanzee. In the 2007 edition of Molecular Biology and Evolution, the author stated, quote, For about 23% of our genome, we share no immediate genetic ancestry with our closest living relative, the chimpanzee. Evolutionists should be careful in making comparisons of creatures using just DNA. In 2000, Chief British Scientist Robert May said, and I quote, we share half of our genes with the banana. Well, in the June 2012 edition of the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, the author states, quote, It is now clear that the genetic differences between people and chimpanzees are far more extensive than previously thought. Their genomes are not 98% or 99% identical. It wasn't that long ago when tonsils were routinely removed in children, partly from the belief that they were useless vestiges of an evolutionary past, what creationists now call evolutionary medical malpractice. In the 2011 article on Medical Express claims that removal of tonsils in the appendix, or both, is linked to heart disease. Saladin, in his University Anatomy text, stated, and I quote, the appendix is densely populated with lymphocytes and is a significant source of immune cells, end quote. Well, what about wisdom teeth? In a section of Miller and Levine's popular high school biology text entitled Critical Thinking, they discuss removal of people's wisdom teeth, supposedly due to the evolution of the human jaw. But this has nothing to do with evolution and everything to do with diet. Processed and refined foods in modern societies have resulted in our reduced use of wisdom teeth. When refined foods are constantly eaten, there is no stimulus for robust jaw development, therefore, and erupting wisdom teeth become crowded. Failure of the wisdom teeth to erupt in normal position results in problems. We're going to take a short break, but when we return, we'll talk more about the myth of human evolution. What happened to the dinosaurs? Are monkeys and people the same? Why do we live on Earth and not some other planet? Kids have some great questions about God's creation, but do you have the answers for them? At the Institute for Creation Research, our scientists and Bible scholars have produced The Guide to Creation Basics. This book contains full-colored images and fascinating commentary from experts in biology, geology, astronomy, and biblical study. Guide to Creation Basics can help teach your children how the animals could fit on Noah's Ark, how dinosaurs and humans could live at the same time, and how God's power and wisdom can be seen in something as small as a single cell. Find basic answers to your child's biggest creation questions. Order your copy of Guide to Creation Basics from the Institute for Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting www.icr.org. Welcome back. I'm Frank Sherwin, and we'll continue our discussion regarding the myth of human evolution. 
When we look to the fossil record, the sedimentary rock units that are found throughout the world, one thing that we find for sure, and that is that teeth have always been teeth. Whether we find them in amphibians, reptiles, mammals, teeth have always been teeth. There has been absolutely no indication as to how teeth evolve from a non-tooth. In 2010, evolutionist Peter Ungar said, and I quote, The details of when, where, why, and how teeth first appeared still elude consensus. Indeed, he said, there is not even agreement on the fundamentals, such as how we define a tooth, end quote. In 1995, evolutionist Ian Tattersall said in regard to human evolution, The story starts with a bang, if for no better reason that there are no fossils that document humankind's initial and presumably painful descent from the trees, end quote. Once again, we find that people have always been people, apes have always been apes, Chimpanzees have always been chimpanzees, monkeys and gorillas have always been monkeys and gorillas. Evolutionists like to maintain that there are plenty of missing links between ape-like ancestors and people. However, one thing is certain, and that is all of these examples are extremely questionable and tenuous. Take, for example, the so-called Homo erectus that was touted as an evolutionary link between people and ape-like creatures. Newsweek magazine said March of 2007, quote, DNA makes clear that Homo erectus was almost certainly a dead end and not, as some scientists had argued, our ancestor. Well, what about Neanderthal man? In Europe, several complete skeletons, fossilized skeletons of Neanderthals have been found. And what are they? They stand ramrod straight. They are, in fact, 100% human beings. Neanderthals are not on their way to becoming human. They were 100% human from the beginning. New Scientist magazine said in 2011, We thought we had just about nailed human evolution. Now everything is up for grabs again. End quote. In 1974, a link was discovered that turned the paleontological community on its head. The name of this missing link was called Australopithecus afarensis, otherwise known as Lucy, and it was discovered by Donald Johansson in Africa. One thing that we now know for sure about Lucy was everything about her was ape-like. She had ape-like arms and legs, ape-like hands, ape-like feet, and an ape-like skull. The only thing that was really debated was, did Lucy walk upright? Well, the living pygmy chimpanzee that we can see in any major zoo throughout the world walks upright about 10% of the time. You can tell the creature doesn't exactly like it, but certainly upright walking for a chimpanzee does not somehow link it with a human evolutionary ancestry. So Australopithecus afarensis, otherwise known as Lucy, was nothing more than an extinct ape. Just very recently, in 2015, evolutionist Michael Benton said, Unfortunately, the fossil evidence for human evolution is patchy. There has been a great deal of controversy over primate and human relationships, end quote. Finally, in Genesis 1.27, it says that we have been created in the image of God. 
So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female, he created them. Acts 17 and verse 26 states, And hath made of one blood all nations of men. So to conclude, man has always been man. He has no primate ancestor. Chimps have always been chimps. The 98% similar DNA argument is false. People are not carrying around useless evolutionary leftovers. And finally, you can trust the Bible. We have been created in God's image. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org. If you've enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to Science, Scripture, and Salvation on iTunes. Also, do us a favor and rate and review the show so that more listeners can find us. Thanks for listening, and God bless.